Never had something so big and black in my face. <laughs> Perfect. Red, sure. Yeah. <laughs> like a bright red one, sure. <laughs> Not a big black one. It's like. Right. So, so is this our dry run for Alex and Tom's conspiracy theory podcast? Oh, man. Oh. Well, you know, okay, the best part about Utopia <laughs> is that, yeah, I believe all that shit already. So I was like, I'm not surprised at any moment of that. Like, <laughs> like yeah, Bill Gates is doing that shit. <laughs> for sure. Thank you. I'm yeah. finally not alone. Yeah. He's like adorable and charming. And you're like, oh, he would never hurt us. And all, the whole time he's like, well, yeah, it makes sense. You don't kill, you kill anybody. You just, uh, uh, no babies for three generations. And you do the math and you're like, wait, if they can't have babies for three generations, how are they supposed to have babies? And how does it wear off if they're not having babies? So how do three generations? So you're just going to, you're just going to, like, what? I saw Children of Men. It didn't go well. That's a, that's a dark movie. We have a guest on the Soldier Podcast. He gets today. it. He gets it. Yeah, all that shit's happening right now. Okay, okay. And, and this isn't like every conspiracy oh. theory you have. Tom agrees. With oh, I agree. I, I agree. Like most of them are very possible. Whether I believe in it, it's very different. But mm, there's a lot of good evidence. I can talk about the moon landing for like an hour if you want, dude. Okay. <laughs> math. Just the math alone. <laughs> or how about our iPhones have more computing power than the freaking... Yeah. 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 Welcome back to another episode of the Salty Nerd Podcast. I am your host, the Salty Nerd. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing the Amazon Prime TV show Utopia, starring John Cusack. And I am joined, as always, by my panel of nerds, starting with the ambassador of estrogen, Jude. Welcome to the show. Hi. And I'm also joined by the author extraordinaire, Matthew Kadish. Hola. What's up, man? And a newcomer to the podcast, Cynical Tom. Hello. What's up, man? What's up, man? Thanks for having me on. Welcome to the show. Mm -hmm. I, uh, he is replacing Matt Vader because Matt Vader, I quote, didn't want to watch the stupid show. <laughs> <laughs> Valid reason. <laughs> okay. So anyway, uh, we're going to be breaking down this new TV show on Amazon. Spoiler, spoiler warning for the entire show. So just be aware. If you haven't seen it yet and you don't want to be spoiled, just go watch the show and then come back and listen to us bitch about it. Yeah. I, I would recommend watching it. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's worth go it. Go check yeah. it out. Yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> All right. I uh, watched it two and a half times. I did. I watched it twice too. Yeah. I watched, you have to watch it twice. Yeah. Yeah. So you can see how bad it is. All Makes, right. Yeah. Kadish only needed <laughs> once because his brain is massive. <laughs> All right. So let's, uh, let's break this show down a little bit. What we're going to do just so everybody listening can uh, kind of get a roadmap. We're going to break down the show on a general scale talk about it, uh, what it's about, and then we're going to break down each character, and then we're going to go into detail on what we liked, what we didn't like, and certain aspects of the plot lines. So, uh, Jude. Who, I was going to say, who wants to do the synopsis? I, you I can, can, if you're ready for okay. it. Are you yeah. ready for it? Yeah. Okay. All right. Jude is going to take it away. Go ahead, Jude. What is this TV show all about? Okay. So, Utopia is about a graphic novel. The graphic novel is about a girl who's been kidnapped by a madman. And her father, a brilliant scientist, is forced to create terrible viruses or he'll kill everyone. The madman. The madman. The madman. Yeah. 
I think I was drunk when I wrote these notes. <laughs> <laughs> the, can, can we call him Mr. Rabbit yet? Or do we have to hold off? I think we can we call, can him, call Mr. him Mr. Yeah. yeah. So okay. The madman yeah. Mad Man would be Mr. Mr. Rabbit. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, the comic book is like a weird Alice in Wonderland takeoff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's the conspiracy theory behind it is that it, it uh, it predicts uh, epidemics yeah. and yes. pandemics. And so the, the comic contains hidden messages about real world diseases and a group of friends are on a mission to get their hands on the only copy of the sequel containing the mystery of what disease the madman, Mr. Mm-hmm. Rabbit, is about to unleash on the yeah. world. So yeah, so just the comic book is called Dystopia, yes. and then the sequel is called Utopia. And this show is about them finding the sequel, Utopia, mm-hmm. and it kind of like has a roadmap of what's going to happen in the future as yes. far as uh, illnesses that plague humanity. Yes, so this show is based on a BBC show by the same name called Utopia, and a lot of the characters are the same. Some have been changed. There's um, a couple of characters in this show that are like mm-hmm. identical to the yeah. BBC version of it, but yeah. we can talk about Originally, that later. Um, so Gillian Flynn, um, who you might know from Gone Girl, she was the writer of Gone Girl, and she also did a Sharp Objects on HBO. Um, she was going to team up with David Fincher, the writer-director, or um, I should say the director of um, Fight Club and Seven and stuff like that. They were going to um, basically adapt the BB or the Channel 4 um, UK series as a original HBO show. And David Fincher demanded, like, you know, he's like, I can't do this for a minimum of $120 million. And HBO was like, we're only willing to go up to 95. And Fincher was like, fuck you guys, I'm out of here. <laughs> and so, like, it was dead for it a while. It starts already. <laughs> and, and Gillian Flynn, or Gilligan Flynn, however you pronounce it. It's name. Gillian. Gillian. She, Gilligan. What the hell's wrong with you? I've heard it both <laughs> he ways. pronounces <laughs> names terribly. He does. Yeah. This is known. So she, she kept on with it, and she took it over to Amazon. Amazon picked it up, and she wrote every episode of the show. Mm. So mm. this is really her baby. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, she wrote every episode of the U.S. version yes. of the show. Yeah. Okay. And the U.S. version had two more episodes than the Channel 4 version in the U.K. did. Yep. So the U.K. version is just like six episodes. It's a little bit shorter, but I think it's more concise with its uh, plot lines and stuff. All right. So the thing that really drew me to this uh, TV show is, I think Tom would probably agree with me, is the conspiracy thought of side of it really just scratches that itch that I have of like, Ooh, what's this like behind the scenes stuff that these, you know, billionaires are pulling on the everyday people. And this show basically really dives deep into that. And it turns this comic book uh, utopia into this thing of legend that these people have like, just there's like a cult following of the first one dystopia. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because in the first episode, we kind of get introduced to this concept that the, uh, this comic book has a cult following a lot of them are just like everyday fanboy nerds who are like, oh, I like the art and I like the story, but they believe. The typical nerd that you would find at a Comic-Con. Yeah, but they believe that it's just fantasy and it's just a fun story. And then there's this other deeper side of the of the fandom that actually believes that it, it spells out different pandemics that have plagued the human race. And yeah. Uh, I just, I, I love that aspect of it. I love that idea. I think it's a lot of fun. And I think this show, one of the, things that I do enjoy about this show is how it kind of plays that up and it shows all of the main characters that we get to follow realize that it actually everything that they thought was a conspiracy is actually coming true and it's like that vindication of their belief so I don't know Tom what did you think about the uh, the setup and the characters and how they kind of interacted with this first episode okay so I mean where do we start um, <laughs> <laughs> well you know all jokes aside okay so the, the first one the, okay this so dystopia 
Was that in circulation? Yeah. Yes. Okay, but no one knows who wrote it. No one knows who published it. No right. one knows. So all these mysteries, yet it's in circulation and has a Wikipedia page. I think what probably happened is one, because of the power of the internet, right? Mm. Like one group of nerds got a hold of it, found it, or somehow it got distributed. You put anything on Wikipedia. Yeah, and they- Sure. They, I can write they, shit about you right it, now. It was, oh, shit on it was independently published in, in the uh, universe. Yeah, so that like one person got a hold of it and then right. published it and, and it kind it, of- it wasn't mainstream. I don't think you could call this thing mainstream. No. It's very much like yeah. a cult following. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just wondering you know, the distribution of it because the second one was literally found in an old man's house after he yeah. died and left. Old man hoarder. Old man hoarder. Yeah. And they just happened to stumble upon this magical manuscript yeah. that has no words in it. Um, it's a yet. bit more defined in the BBC version. Is it? Because there's no words in it, which always, which also throws me because they create this whole narrative names places i've seen all, utopia there's yeah. no words on there <laughs> it's all visual it's all visual yeah. very strange the artwork is fantastic it oh, is oh it's a lot of fun very gothic very yeah. creepy it's almost like somebody who is not a schizophrenic made it yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> like an actual skilled artist mm. yeah oh, so did, did, is there what drew you into this show did you actually enjoy it or did you like oh yeah yeah I mean, okay it's very enjoyable show okay. it's a lot of fun um did it need two, three, four more episodes to make proper sense. Oh, for sure. Uh, the, the last episode alone doesn't, uh, threw, me through, threw me through a complete loop. See, I'll disagree with you on that. I don't think any amount of extra episodes could have made this make sense because they left so many freaking plot holes and open ended stuff. I texted just... Tom last night. I'm going to rewatch the last episode for the third time. And he texted me back. It won't help. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Before we move on, Let's take a quick break to listen to our spot. Money is the number one cause of stress and the number two cause of divorce. Make your money go further and work harder with a certified financial planner from Facet Wealth. Financial planning used to focus on retirement, but Facet helps you with today. You get a dedicated financial planner that guides you through every financial decision. Inflation, interest rates, stock market changes, home prices. How do you figure it all out? Well, every advisor at Facet is a certified financial planner and fiduciary. That's just a fancy way to say they have the best training and they're legally bound to do what's in your best interest. This isn't just about investments. It's about taking care of your money so you can start living a better life today. Facet has a simple flat fee, no hidden charges, and with nothing to sell, there are no commissions. Visit tryfacetwealth.com for two months free off your first year of financial planning. That's T-R-Y-F-A-C-E-T wealth.com. Facet Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. Money is the number one cause of stress and the number two cause of divorce. Make your money go further and work harder with a certified financial planner from Facet Wealth. Financial planning used to focus on retirement, but Facet helps you with today. You get a dedicated financial planner that guides you through every financial decision. Inflation, interest rates, stock market changes, home prices. How do you figure it all out? Well, every advisor at Facet is a certified financial planner and fiduciary. That's just a fancy way to say they have the best training and they're legally bound to do what's in your best interest. This isn't just about investments. It's about taking care of your money so you can start living a better life today. Facet has a simple flat fee, no hidden charges, and with nothing to sell, there are no commissions. Visit tryfacetwealth.com for two months free off your first year of financial planning. That's T-R-Y-F-A-C-E-T wealth.com. Facet Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. Katish, 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. talk at Sorry. all. Go ahead, Katie. <laughs> what did you think about this opening uh, episode, opening scene, and the the kind of like the foundation of the show going forward? Well, uh, it's funny because I'm a big fan of all of Netflix and Amazon's original series, like the ones that they actually produce. Yeah. And so whenever they bring out a new series, I was I'm excited to check it out. And I saw the trailer for this, um, like you know, a couple weeks before like the show was actually released. And the trailer did not do it justice. It was that the trailer was kind of all over the place. Didn't really tell you what the show was about. It looked like really kind of like weird for the sake of being weird. It kind of reminded me of almost like, like a funky twin peaks vibe. Okay. And so I, I was like, Oh, this show doesn't look very good. And so when it came out, I decided to, you know, check out the first episode and I asked you, I was like, Hey, would you want to watch this with me? And she was like, sure. And we watched the first episode. And by the end of it, I was like, I'm really intrigued yeah. by this. And we were like, we'll give it one more episode. And then the the ending of episode two, we were both like, whoa. We need to finish this today. <laughs> yeah. And we, and we just started binging it. And we couldn't stop until, like, we finished the season. And I didn't know anything about it going in. I didn't know that it was, you know, a former David Fincher project. I didn't know Jillian Flynn had written every episode. And I didn't know that it was based off of a UK version. Yeah, I didn't either until I found out. I was doing research for the podcast when I found out it yeah. was. Yeah, and so like after we finished the series and I started digging into it, I was like, oh, this is really interesting. Um, but overall, like I felt like the series was quirky and fun, but also like extremely fucked up. Oh, yeah, very dark. <laughs> and the fact that it was like so dark and it just kept getting darker and darker as it went on was like in a way, weird way, it kind of drew me in. Yeah. And I, I was just like, I know that a lot of this stuff doesn't make sense, but I felt like by the end, <laughs> by the end of the season, they answered all the questions that they had set up at the beginning and they set up some new questions for season two. Okay. And so I, I was like, I really am into this show. So I just want to say one thing that kind of has to do with the way you said that, like it's very, very dark and that's what drew you in on the first watch. And then you said, even though it didn't make sense, mm -hmm. I was still drawn in my first viewing. And I, I binge the show uh, within, I think two days. I think I watched the whole thing. And on like retrospectively looking back on it, I feel like what made me enjoy this show more than the show itself was just the shock value of what was happening on screen. Like every episode, like I think I texted you at one point, I was like, every episode of Utopia has something that disturbs me. <laughs> like there's at least one scene in yes. every episode that makes me feel uncomfortable. And that's what made me come back to view the next episode. Like what else are they going to freaking Oftentimes pull Oftentimes multiple scenes. Yeah. It's, it's a very, very dark and like terrible, terrible show as far as like the, the morals of everything that's going on. Yeah. But like in the first episode, they have these two guys who show up and they just start killing everyone who's ever seen this comic book. Yeah. And, and you're just like, what the hell is happening here? <laughs> yeah. so, just, so episode one, we have a couple who inherits a house. They get to the house and it's like some relative of theirs that was a hoarder. It was their, the grandfather. grandfather. Yeah, yeah. So they find this comic book and they look it up online and they say, oh, we're going to take this to like the com their comic con, which is like it's well, called fringe con. He, um, he, Googled it. Like he yeah. saw the cover of it. And he he's sees like, that I wonder there's like a cult following. Yeah, of he's, it. Like, he's like, we're going to sell this at yeah. the fringe con, which is like their comic con yeah. Yeah. show and, and use it to fix up the house. Yeah. So putting it online alerts everyone who's a fan of this, that the, this new version of it, the sequel is available, which also alerts, um, the harvest harvest yeah that it's in circulation. Which the harvest, so it gets, it gets their killers on, on the, yeah. Go, go, for, go setting. Yeah. For people listening, the harvest is the basically the, the hand of Mr. Rabbit. Yes. So Mr. Rabbit is the mastermind behind everything. And his, the people he uses to do his bidding is called the harvest. Mm -hmm. And that's the, that's the 
group that belongs to the two guys that go in and start murdering everybody at the comic book. Yeah. Or the Comic-Con. So we open basically on Comic-Con, Fringe-Con. Yeah. And this couple is allowing people to make appointments to view one page of the comic book and then make a bid for it. Yeah. So each person in our core group of... Do you, want to, do you want to dive into the characters real quick? Yeah, kind of. Okay, let's so, dive into so each, each character. each person gets to view one page of this comic book, and then they get to kind of compare notes later. And one person in the group actually got a picture mm-hmm. while the couple was distracted. Yeah, our, our main Scooby gang yeah. for this series is, uh, there's like Ian, who's the um, like call center guy. Yeah, he's like, the least devout he's, yeah, in the group. Yeah, he's yeah. the unlikable beta male. Yeah, exactly. That, that's exactly very who unlikable beta male. <laughs> and, and then there, there's Becky. Which one's Becky? No, Becky? he's the, the black she, girl. She, yeah, she's, oh yeah, she's, she's, she has deals. She's, she's the yeah. she's the plucky sidekick. Yeah, like, she's the plucky sidekick. Lovable, absolutely. Yeah, the so lovable. she's one. very invested in this because she has deals, which is one of the diseases that was. That in, d- dystopia. She, in didn't, dystopia. she didn't know that until later on, though. That was the big reveal for her character. Was she the the um, right. disease that she was afflicted by was in fact designed by Mr. Rabbit yeah. and injected into children of yeah, her but, age. But she got into dystopia because, because of that. Because the the comic book said yeah. something about deals, and she realizes that dystopia um, predicts. These yeah. diseases. So we have yeah. Becky and we have Ian. Ian. And one of my favorite characters is Wilson Wilson. Wilson Wilson. Oh, yeah. Wilson Wilson. Wilson. <laughs> Absolutely lovable. This guy is full tinfoil he's hat. He's my second yes. favorite Conspiracy character. Conspiracy theorist. Uh, he's basically Alex in, in the show. No. <laughs> no. Alex, you got a bunker in your backyard? <laughs> Canned peaches and pudding? But it's funny. If he could afford to build it, he would do it. It's funny because he's, he's played by the actor Desmond Borges, who Jim yeah. and I recognize from one of our favorite TV shows. You're, You're the, the worst. worst. And, and when we're watching it, like he, he's got like this big beard. And so like, he's almost unrecognizable. I was like, is that the guy from you're the worst? Yeah. <laughs> he was like, I've no. seen you're the worst. I don't recognize. He's the, the roommate that makes them breakfast really? all the time. Oh my mm-hmm. God. The same guy. Yeah. Okay. So we have Becky, Ian and Wilson, Wilson, Wilson. And then the blonde chick is Sam. Sam. She's the de facto leader. Yeah. She was the strongest, best character. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. We all agree. Right. She, and, and she's from happy death day. Yeah. yeah, she was created Ooh, was for this movie. version of it. She's not in the BBC version. She's not version. in the BBC version? Well, they, they, don't worry, they got rid of her pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> don't worry, BBC. And then we have Grant, which I'm sure Alex hates because no, of actually, children. No, actually, I really liked Grant. You did? Except for later on in the season when he does things that don't make any sense. But, okay, fine. But the beginning of it, like... So he's the most badass. He, yeah. Okay. So there's he's something. even more badass in the BBC. He's version. brutally smart, mm-hmm. super badass. Yeah. Very independent. He's a very young kid. Though. Uses yeah. his youth to like yes. cut corners, get around yeah. things. Like like the yeah. whole gang think, thinks adults. that he's an adult. Yeah. Because they've never met him in person. They only know him via online. Um, so they all think that he's like, you know, an older guy. And they all have this version of him. Like the one girl's like, oh, he drives a Porsche and he's a photographer for the stars. And the other guy's like, no, 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 no. Here's, here's what he is. He's a famous person yeah. or something. So Alex, I will kind of explain like how we get introduced to him. And it's a scene that I really thought was very cleverly done. And it, it made me like, even though he's a very young character, it made me like him because they used his age as a benefit as opposed to just like. A and it po- made sense. And it made sense. Yeah. So we get introduced to Grant. He's uh, this kind of like figure that the rest of the crew don't really know, but we get introduced to him. He shows up at this hotel where this like Comic-Con thing is going on. And he He runs away from his foster home to get there. And he, he goes to the room where they were doing the bidding for Utopia. And they were like, oh, we gave it away. We gave it to this guy in this penthouse. Yeah. And that's some guy shows up and buys it for 20 grand. Yeah. 
And, and so Grant's like, okay, I have to get Utopia and I know where it's at now. It's in the penthouse. How do I get access to the penthouse? So he goes down, he gets a badge from some like thought freaking internet <laughs> boob streamer or whatever and gets a badge and he writes down the guy who, uh, who bought the, who comic, bought the comic, his last name is Phillips. Uh-huh. So what he does, what the kid does very clever, he writes down his first name, Grant, and then his last name is Phillips, which is not really his last name. But he goes to the clerk at the hotel and he's like, hey, my dad, I lost my room key. My dad's in the penthouse. And the and the, the clerk is like, well, look, we're supposed to ask for ID. And he's like, all he's like real innocent little boy. Thing. Yeah. All I have is this this hi, my name is like little card that you stick on your shirt. And it says Grant Phillips and it matches the guy's name who rented the thing. She gains access. And she feels bad for him. She's yeah. like, okay, sweetheart. Of course, of course. Because yeah. he's a kid, right? Yeah. Oh, poor lost little kid. He's yes. very clever. Oh, very, very, very smart. Oh, he plays it really well. And yeah. what fucks the whole thing oh, up. Oh, we're coming out. It pisses me off so much because, like I said, upon my first viewing, I love the show. But then upon my second viewing, it falls apart from the very first episode. He goes up to the penthouse. He walks in there. He's like. My sole job, the only reason why he's at that penthouse is to get Utopia and get out. He just starts playing music. He fills the bathtub up. He starts dancing around like a freaking idiot. I'm like, that's the dumb shit that they make kids do in movies. And I'm like, this is this is idiotic. He's a foster kid that There's, comes from nothing no, 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 and no, no, has no. nothing. No, no, that's not his character. It's his, not his character yeah, at all. His character is cold, calculated. I'm going to yes. get this done. Tom, and back all me sudden, up. Yeah, all this, okay. I mean, <laughs> I can rant. <laughs> Go ahead. That's what this is. What this is for? Yeah. It, well, okay. So, can, can we talk about Jessica for yeah. just a moment? For yeah. Okay. Her character in the first episode is very different than her character well, for the whole rest of the. Let's introduce her first. Yeah. Okay. So who yeah. is Jessica Hyde? Uh, Jessica Hyde would be our protagonist. Yeah. She she's like the main character in the comic book, right? Mm-hmm. And and it turns out she's a real person, and she's on the search for Utopia in in competition with these guys from the Harvest who are also characters in their own right, one of which is named Arby, who becomes like a major figure in the yeah. series. Favorite, and, favorite and, character in the whole show. And his uh, partner, Rod, who doesn't last very long. Because <laughs> of doofus. I okay. thought RB was Arby's, but just Arby the entire time. Like, oh, they got me. They got me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> a fun, fun little twist. Okay, it. so go ahead. What, what's, what's going on with Grant in the penthouse? And, and Jessica. And Jessica. Well, it, it's similar. that They both have a very specific interesting calculated character in the very first episode and the rest of it they're either incompetent or silly yeah the rest the whole rest of the show jessica is able to trick the security guard and did showing her some things that he probably shouldn't and the whole rest of the show has no ability to relate to a single person and has no concept of uh interpersonal communication um human to human connection yeah human human because she has absolutely none yet she has the wherewithal to trick this guy Grant's very similar where he's very interesting and like he's like the brains of the operation almost. And what happens is he's dancing and they're having uh, ice cream sundaes. And you're like, what? It, it is interesting that they draw a lot of parallels between Grant and Jessica, how like they're both kind of kids who grew up on their own. They're very street smart and they kind of have like a weird connection with one another. Yeah. Based off of that throughout the, the show. But, I, I, but, but as, as, you know, as sophisticated as Grant is like, he's still a kid. No, I don't. So, so like he, he does do like weird kid stuff throughout the show. The I, only reason I let it go because of his age. The only reason why he did that was for plot convenience so that he could he could see what Arby does to the uh, Phillips guy that owns the pen or rented the penthouse. Like there's no other reason for him to waste that much time in playing around and playing music in a hotel room that's not his that he knows he's not supposed to be in. 
to get something that he's not supposed to have. I will say the BBC version is much more simplified in that, that same scene, kind of. It's way more simplified in the BBC version. But in the American version, they they definitely like stretched things out, made things way more complicated unnecessarily. Yeah. But the same thing kind of happens in the BBC version. Okay. All right. So uh, do we have any other? Oh, let's talk about Christy, the character. Uh, John, uh, John favorite Cusack. character. Yes. John oh, Cusack. Yeah. The only person you can root for. Yes. Which <laughs> <laughs> is depressing. I'm Do- always Do- the one that roots for the bad guy. I'm uh, so glad you're here. Dr. Kevin Christie. And we have some massive uh, John Cusack fans. Yes. In the house here. Me and Jude. Are you a jo- John Cusack fan too? Uh, uh, take him or leave him. Okay. <laughs> Jude and I are like John Cusack fan boy yeah. and girl like duo over here. I love John Cusack. Yeah. And I haven't really seen him in a lot recently. This was like the first TV show I've seen mm-hmm. him in. And he freaking nails it. Oh, he nails it. Oh, he's oh, so good in this. No, he's outstanding he's, the entire time. Yeah. And honestly, when he's I terrifying. first when I first saw him in this, I was like, does he look like he's had some work done? And by the end of it, I was like, did he do that on purpose for the character? <laughs> <laughs> he does. He does look like he had like a facelift or something. Yeah. He looks like he's had like he's been over Botoxed. Yeah, a little bit. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't get that. But yeah. anyway. We, we also haven't mentioned Rain Wilson as Michael Stern. Well, yeah, we'll get there. I want to talk about John Cusack for just one second, and mm-hmm. then we'll talk about Rain Wilson or Dwight Schrute. Um, <laughs> John Cusack plays. John Cusack is our bad guy. Yeah, he's he's the, Mr. Rabbit. Okay, which uh, let's talk about <laughs> Jason. <laughs> well, he, is. <laughs> he is, though. Like, that's what I was going to talk about. Like, John Cusack's performance in this show is better than the show. Yeah, like oh, the yeah. show. Oh yeah, yeah. the show itself good. kind of falls apart. Like I, I said, I told Jude in the final episode, like you know, Cusack needs to get like a award nomination yeah. for for that yeah. performance. Yeah, he's just like so. Like I've never seen him like so diabolical. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like he was he's really so, good. so casually like cold, cold. cold. Yes, cold, calculated. Yeah, cold like, like, like he's like I did the so, math, and the math says this. Yeah. so we should do this. Yeah. yeah. So there's a thing that like like I said, John Cusack's performance is outstanding. I have nothing against that. However, the character of Kevin Christie, Christie, yeah, Doctor Christie, Doctor Christie, yeah. kind of falls apart because there was upon the first viewing, because I, I didn't know what the plot was and I, I wasn't aware of of the show's background. I I loved it. I I was sold. I was like, wow, this is great. This is a lot of fun. But upon the second viewing, knowing what I know at the end of the episode makes all of his actions in the first maybe four or five episodes not make any sense because he's behind everything that we know is happening in the show Mm -hmm. he's behind the virus he's behind the flu he's behind the vaccine he's behind this freaking weird prototype meat that they're making but when he's alone and with like his confident people with his son and like a few other people who are in on the whole conspiracy he acts like he's so surprised that oh we found the flu yay like no you you know, you knew you were going to do that because it's part of your plan. Why are you surprised? No, well, yeah, I think that's the point, though, right? Like, that, but why would he act that, like that if he was with the people who are already in on because the, the conspiracy? Plan, because the plan's evolving. The plan has to evolve outside of his control. In and a I think way, he has his right? core group, and he's got his minions that don't know everything that he knows. No, it's his core group, but those people know. Oh, they know everything. They know everything. Yeah, yeah. So I don't. I didn't understand why he was acting excited and or surprised at certain plot points that are happening in the show where. Well, it's just for the audience's benefit. I think certain things have to check off his list. And one of the things that have to check off the list is somebody independently has to discover the flu. Okay. I so, can, ex- I so might he's be excited. Yeah. Like, I might ah, be able to, it happened. I might be able to accept that. Now, That's I can, a good... now, now I can push my nonsense. Okay. Yeah. See the thing about Kevin Christie, like he really is like a super villain in the sense that he's, he's like the smartest person on the planet. He's Dr. Doom. Very yeah. Dr. Doom. Yeah. yeah. And, and ba- basically, 
but he's a he's a humanist. Like he believes that everything he does is for the betterment of mankind. He's Bill Gates. He's he's freaking Bill Gates, people. <laughs> he's Bill Gates. Yeah, yeah, it's Bill Gates. It's one hundred percent. So one hundred percent. So, so ba- basically, like like his ultimate goal is to um, sterilize the human population so that. Uh, overcrowding does not take over the earth's resources and the abilities to support yeah. life. Yeah. And so basically by culling the herd through the course of like three different generations, knocking the human population on the earth planet down to like 1 billion instead of 11 billion, we avoid war, we avoid overtaxing the resources on the planet, and we can live luxuriously as a very small controlled society. And so like that's kind of like his ultimate like end game. Yeah. Which we don't we don't get that reveal until later on yeah. in the season, but but, yeah. but everything he does is kind of like in pursuit of that goal because he believes that even though like you the greater good, like he 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 has a line where he says, "How much evil do you have to do to achieve good?" Doctor Stars is like none, none, none evil, <laughs> none. Evil. This is a perfect. Wow. This is none a, evil is my favorite line of this. Yeah, this is a perfect segue to talk about Doctor Stearns, who's played by Rain Wilson. So, mm-hmm. uh, who anybody want to take that away? Who wants to talk about uh, so, Rain Wilson? Doctor Michael Stearns is a virologist slash scapegoat of the next pandemic. He thinks that he has the cure for this pandemic, and it turns out he's just a scapegoat. He's a his, pawn. Yeah. He's a pawn, and his wife is a sleeper agent for Mr. Rabbit. Which yep. makes me think that he knew he was going to find out that it was his flu because they used it in the first place. Well, but before we get into this, I just want to point out that Dr. Christie, so like he's been experimenting with all these different diseases that Jessica's father and the comic dystopia kind of predicted uh, to try to find the best way to kind of thin the human call population. Yeah, call the herd. And um, when they settled on their current plan of the sterilization through injection, um, they kind of settled on Michael Stearns as a way to kind of get his vaccine out there, which would be the Trojan horse with yeah. which to to um, basically make part of the population infertile. Yeah. So they have to release this flu yeah. in order for the public to demand the yeah. cure. So, so Stearns hmm, was sounds kind of, familiar. Yeah, no, no, par- no parallels taken from uh, no. Stern. <laughs> Coronavirus Stern. is a paid sponsor of this podcast. <laughs> So Michael Stearns was kind of targeted very early on by uh, Dr. Christie as like the- Very early on, because think of the backstory there. They have to introduce this woman who then becomes his wife, who then becomes his confidant. Well, they found him because Michael Stearns was in the same mental institution as Jessica's father. Right. And so they kind of like- which uh, no, his she put wife him there. sent she, him there. Yeah, yeah his yeah, wife she, sent him there. She sent him there, so the wheels were already in the okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, but- they picked him up back when he discovered his bat flu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is like a long con type thing because Christy owns Christy owns the, the the vaccine. Yeah. yeah, and basically in the show, once they they released this, I, I believe it was called uh, the, the something flu in St. Louis, the Stearns flu, the Stearns, the Stearns flu. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they named it after it's him. Named after him. It's his yeah. flu. Yeah. yeah. So so That's... once there was this outbreak that was targeting like children in St. Louis, again. they they call him in and they expect Stearns to just you know, kind of rubber stamp the, you know, the vaccine yeah. for this thing. So this is actually pretty funny because there was a, mar- a moment where um, Christy and his son were talking about uh, Dr. Stearns, played by Rain Wilson, who was like, they were like, we thought he was going to be just a spineless dude. Yeah, the mushroom this, in the basement. The mushroom in the basement who <laughs> we give him a little bit of sh- sunshine and he just wilts away. Like, we thought he was just going to go along with the plan. Yeah, they apparently, they could control him. They were like, apparently he found his spine. <laughs> yeah, a lot of what Dr. Christie does in the show is um, kind of react to stuff that wasn't foreseen. And so like, he has to come up with plans to get everything back on track. And that's what 
the vast majority of the show is where you have the Scooby gang who's like running around causing problems. Yeah, throwing wrenches in the plan. And 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 they're just trying to figure out what the next conspiracy is. Whereas the Rain Wilson character, he knows that this is all revolving around his flu. Yeah. And then when he goes to the epicenter of the plague to try to see if his vaccine will work, that's when... Uh, John Cusack's character is like, okay, now we have to figure out what to do about this because he's already down there. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I wanted to pose a question, like how much influence do you think the Scooby crew, which I, I I think that's a great way of describing this people, (laughs) the Scooby-Doo crew, uh, how much do you think they actually have influence over what Christy does? I feel like just thinking about it right now, I'm like a lot of the plot lines that are happening throughout the movie or throughout the TV show have a less to do with that crew until the very, very end when they actually take action and, and they, they go to the uh, warehouse and to disrupt well, his process. There are basically two stories going on in the show. The first is the quest for utopia, the, yeah. the comic book. And then there's the, the whole like flu um, pandemic pandemic. Thing. Thing. Yeah. And I, I don't think those two cross until much later into the season. I don't think one, it's like you said, it's two different storylines. Well, and the importance of the Utopia comic is that number one, it reveals the identity of Mr. Rabbit. Who Which we all no know okay. about. I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you, but can we just talk about this for one second? Like on a, on just on a. There's so much to unpack th- here. This is the very, We really should have done a, a weekly on Yeah, this. this is a very complicated show, but I just wanted to point this out. Like on a writing overview. Perspective. Thank you. On a writing perspective, um, we as an audience can pretty much guess who Mr. Rabbit is mm-hmm. right from the beginning. But we were wrong. We weren't wrong, though. No, we were wrong. No, Christy was always Mr. Rabbit. No, Christy he, was always Mr. Rabbit. No, he wasn't. And to that, me, that was that was the big twist at the end of the se- season. Is that home was Rabbit? Yes. Wait, I disagree. I but didn't anyway. get that. But what this the show hangs its hat on it, it, it's for, the twist though. It, for what the show hangs its hat on for the most of the season is that Christy is Mr. Rabbit. Yes. And we just as an audience, we just have to watch our Scooby-Doo crew play catch up. So for me, like on the second viewing, I found it very dull and boring because I already knew all the answers that they were trying to figure out. Like, oh, who's Mr. Rabbit? Like, See, I, I, I within need, the first three episodes, I, we're I, like, no, we know who Mr. I Rabbit is. I need to is. point this out, though. Go ahead. So like you, I thought that John Cusack was Mr. Rabbit because that's where all the clues were pointing throughout the series. But then in the very final episode, it's revealed that the character of Homeland Security Lady known who, as home who is home or the blue Milner, the, the blue was, fairy. Is that her name? Well, that's what her name was in the BBC. I'm not sure if it was the same in, um, I don't yeah, yeah, it was, it was the same in this. So agent Catherine okay. Milner, who was kind of like, um, in the comic book dystopia, she was the blue fairy who was kind of, um, the guardian angel um, for yeah, Jessica Hyde. Yeah. Jessica Hyde's kind of guardian. So throughout the, the, the show, she's kind of working with the Scooby gang to kind of like help them out. And at, in the very last episode, so throughout the entire episode, we know that Mr. Rabbit had the Chinese symbol for rabbit carved into his back by like the Chinese, the, the Chinese mafia, or, mafia something like that. or something. Yeah. And then he went on and killed everyone who was responsible, who knew his identity. And then he's been going off doing stuff in secret. And at the very end of the episode, so um, the final episode, we see that John Cusack has this mark on his back, but we also see that um, Milner, who um, plays the Homeland Security agent who's been helping the Scooby gang. She reveals that she has the mark on her back and she says that her and Dr. Christie are parting ways and that that reveal at the very end of the series shows that she's actually Mr. Rabbit. She's the one who has her, Jessica's father 
locked away and continuing to create like new viruses and stuff like that. But the reason I know that she is in fact, Mr. Rabbit, as opposed to John Cusack is because that was the twist in the BBC series as well, where the guy who you think is Mr. Rabbit had the symbol carved onto him so that he could throw off suspicion from the real Mr. He Rabbit. He did it to himself. He did it to himself. And the, the agent Milner in the BBC show flat out comes out and says that she's Mr. Rabbit. And so like, that was the same thing that they did, did in this okay. show. So did they ever do that in this version? Yeah. She I, didn't say I'm Mr. Rabbit. She, she said I'm home. It. I'm home. But, and but, home and Mr. Rabbit are two different things. But, but when she showed the, the symbol, that's to communicate that she's actually Mr. Rabbit. But that just comes off as confusing because there's confusing. two people who have that. My personal theory is that she's actually Jessica, Ra- Jessica Hyde's actual like biological mother. Okay. That's reasonable. And also Jude pointed out that all the sim like all the vaccine scars on Jessica Hyde's back that yeah. are revealed at the end, they mirror the symbols on the blanket yeah. that, yes. that home had. Yeah. As well. Yeah. And then they they race swapped um in the from the BBC version to the American version, they race swapped home and also Jessica Rabbit. Je- Jessica Hyde. Calling her Jessica, Jessica Rabbit. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jessica Hyde. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they race swapped both of them. And I think that they did that for a reason. To make them because more I think that they're biological. Okay. All right, everybody, let's real quick take a break to uh Money is the number one cause of stress and the number two cause of divorce. Make your money go further and work harder with a certified financial planner from Facet Wealth. Financial planning used to focus on retirement, but Facet helps you with today. You get a dedicated financial planner that guides you through every financial decision. Inflation, interest rates, stock market changes, home prices. How do you figure it all out? Well, every advisor at Facet is a certified financial planner and fiduciary. That's just a fancy way to say they have the best training, and they're legally bound to do what's in your best interest. This isn't just about investments. It's about taking care of your money so you can start living a better life today. Facet has a simple flat fee, no hidden charges, and with nothing to sell, there are no commissions. Visit TryFacetWealth.com for two months free off your first year of financial planning. That's T-R-Y-F-A-C-E-T Wealth.com. Facet Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. It's very confusing. I, I, don't, I don't necessarily think they may have done that. Well, well, in the scene where they reveal the mark on Christie or John Cusack, um, he says, he says um, you have no idea what it means. Yeah. So it doesn't even mean what we think it means. Mm. And the interesting thing about Christy is like, he's the one who's in charge for the logistics of like, you know, the, the ultimate plan, but the whole thing with utopia and trying to get Jessica Hyde to come out, you know, from the cold and, and come back home so that Milner can get to her is that Hyde has something in her blood that is imperative for the virus. Mm-hmm. The antibodies. Yeah. Something like that. Well, and, she's And so like, they're trying to lure her out with this utopia comic and that's really how it plays into like the overall pandemic storyline. Yeah. So there, uh, Jessica Hyde has basically been manufactured to be immune to a lot of these diseases. Well, the key and, to all of this in, is in her blood. Yes. And they've been using the manuscript or the, the graphic novel as a, this is what we're after. We're after utopia, knowing that that's what she's after really what they're after is her because everything is in her blood. Yeah, they don't yeah. actually care everything. about yeah, the, they don't the comic. Care. Yeah, the comic is just like a roadmap. And it's for- actually the character of Alice, who we haven't even talked about yet, who figures mm-hmm. out that 
I hate the, that. I hate her. Character. You hate her. I hate her character, and I'll tell you why. Of course you do. Because she's a, a child and a woman. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, the scary and little girl. White. Yeah, the scary oh, little girl. Scary little girl. <laughs> so stupid. Anyway, it's the character of Alice that actually figures out that um, this version of Utopia is all centered around a virus. Yeah. It, it, yeah. So Jessica, like later on in the, in the season, it's revealed that Jessica does actually contract this uh, Stearns flu. Mm -hmm. And I think in the last episode. Um, and the vaccine doesn't do shit. The vaccine doesn't do nothing. Right. Like, absolutely nothing. It's actually, like you said, it's a Trojan horse for another virus to come in. Mm -hmm. But the flu itself, uh, she, uh, Jessica Hyde gets the flu. But at some point in time, uh, what's her, what's the Holmes character's name again? Milner. Milner. Milner says to Jessica Hyde, like, you don't know it yet, but your blood is saving you. Like, she's mm -hmm. already immune to all these diseases. And that's I think that's why she's the key for them. She's like their little Petri dish that they want to keep to themselves. Yeah, they, they tested so many different diseases, on horrible her. diseases on her that she was able to fight off, basically. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, let's talk about Alice. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'll give you the... I, I liked Alice for a majority of this episode. Who, who is Alice? Alice is a little foster girl that meets Grant at a certain point in time where he's running away from Harvest and he has access to Utopia. Yeah, how, managed, old, how old do you say she is? Like 10? Um, I think they're 11. Yeah, 11 or 12, I'd yeah. say. Maybe, yeah, something like that. So Grant is running away from Harvest. He has access to Utopia. He finds a sanctuary in this foster home and he meets Alice, who is another little, another little foster girl. And uh, they, they kind of befriend each other. And one of the little side stories is that Grant leaves a one single page of Utopia no, with he, her. He like, yeah, he, leaves, yeah, he leaves half of it. Oh, yeah. was it half of it? Yeah, it's yeah, half yeah. of it. No, no, oh, no, I thought it was like three or four pages. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was just one. It was a handful of pages. Okay. He leaves a handful of pages with her for like a safe, like an insurance policy, yeah. basically. So if he gets caught, then at least they won't have access to the entire thing. And this little girl, she's the sweetest thing. She's cool. I like her for most of it, but she's got these little braids. She's got the little braid. You know, it's cool. It's all fine. But uh, when the harvest catches up with her and uh, Arby is one of the characters, mm -hmm. um, he murders her foster mother in front of her. And she just and two cops and two yeah three yeah. three cops it's, yeah. a, it's a bloodbath this right dude, in front of yeah. this little girl Arby is a freaking savage Arby's a fun character <laughs> yeah. he, he's the Arbinator <laughs> just yeah, doesn't real. stop we'll talk about him he's like this pudgy overweight balding like, nerd asthmatic like, yeah asthmatic like, he's yeah. got the, like, the white New Balances yeah. on with it. <laughs> but he's, he's like the biggest but badass he's such a badass he's yeah. a real badass but anyway. He murders Alice's mom right in front of her and she breaks down. And she, of course, because you just watch your mom get murdered. She just weeps for like an entire episode and a half, which is totally makes sense. But then at some point in time, she picks up a gun and murders somebody else because apparently she's on board with this now. Okay. And so then she feels bad for it. Okay. Listen, hold on. Let me finish fine. this. It's fine. You she feels continue. bad. She's like, I felt good for a second, but then I felt worse. And I was like, oh, okay. That kind of makes sense. Until they turn the music on and they have a little bounce pillow fight party and she's yeah. all of a sudden cured of her devastating loss of her mother and the murdering of a person she didn't know. Okay. Makes no sense. So, yeah. <laughs> I the, have issues with that as well. In <laughs> the BBC version, they kill her. It's her biological mother. Okay. They, they, they made the, the US version way more complicated. In the uh, BBC version. <laughs> it, it was more woke. Um, but in the, in the BBC version, they kill her mother in front of her and she has a complete psychotic break. Okay. Yeah. Real PSD. Yeah. To PTSD. the point where they're like, we can't bring her with us because she needs, she needs real legit help. She's okay. not okay. And like, 
she she's broken inside to the point where she's just like reintroducing herself to like Becky and she's like, Oh, hello, I'm Alice. Oh, Becky. she's like yeah. reset button. Yeah, and, okay. and Becky's like, Yeah, um uh, <laughs> we okay, that's fine. And so it's it's within that, like with her PTSD and her psychotic yeah. break that she does do those things that she does. And then she she ends up going home with Dr. Michael Stearns um and he adopts her. Okay. Yeah, but she ends up like murdering this guy that she thought was responsible for ordering the death of her mother mm-hmm. with a shotgun in the in the UK version. Yeah. And in this version, I believe that she ends up shooting Stearns' wife. Yes. Yeah. Because she was trying to kill them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'd agree with that. <laughs> okay. I just I didn't like the fact that they just brushed over her her PTSD and the fact that she just lost a huge yeah, part of her life. Yeah, I feel life. like in the U.S. version they complicated the storylines but brushed over a lot of the emotional it's, stuff. It's just poor. It's just bad writing. It's, you, that's you all. You know it why was. Ian's a terrible character? Tell me why Ian is a terrible character. Uh, because she's Jessica, unnecessary. Uh, no, oh, he's absolutely necessary. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica Hyde is getting thoroughly beat up by Rain Wilson's wife. I mean, thoroughly beat up. Who, who's, and, who's an undercover harvest. Yeah, we mentioned yes. that. Yeah. She, she's got mad skills. Yeah. But there's also seven people just standing there going, the only person that does anything is an eight-year-old girl who somehow got a gun and landed a center mass shot well you you know what's interesting and and this was kind of like the core concept of the bbc show which they tried to carry over to this one is that poorly like all the main characters are just like very like normal people and so like the idea that they're confronted with these like horrible like violent acts um you have to wonder like how would i react i i'd probably just stand there and be like oh Oh, she she seems she seems to be okay. On her. Well, I think I disagree with you there because I feel like the characters in the U.S. version were way more defined than they were in the BBC version. In the BBC version, I felt like everyone eventually became a badass. Whereas in this version, I felt like everyone who was going to be a badass was clearly defined as a badass. Like RB Ian, just, Ian stayed the same. Ian was versions. awful the entire yeah. time. Yeah, that's <laughs> He got I'm that saying. golf club from somewhere. Yeah. Okay, listen. That was his that's greatest moment. Like, if you weren't originally a badass, you never became a badass. I also liked how, like, Wilson Wilson, like, like, I love like, Wilson like, like Wilson. He, he goes through how, how, like, he's trained himself to withstand torture, yeah. and then the minute he gets tortured, he just he, spills the Yeah, he, he's like, I'll it's, tell you whatever you want to know. It's just, I mean, that's legit, like, what you would do. Happens like almost exact from both versions. Yeah. Okay, I have a I have to disagree with you on that because there's a, a couple differences that I think make the U.S. version a lot worse than the than the U.K. version. In the U.S. With the version, torture scene. Yeah, with the torture scene. Okay. So yeah, Wilson Wilson, he's in his bunker, and you mm-hmm. get yeah, RB. He, he actually lives in a underground fallout shelter bunker. Yeah. Well, he lives in a house with his family, but he has this underground. Yeah, bunker. yeah. It's like his little his his it's contingency like, plan. Yeah. Like he's it's super. His, spot. his Wilson cave. Yeah. yeah. Wilson Wilson is like a big conspiracy theorist. He's off the grid. He, yeah. he he's basically He has of, erased every bit of himself off of the internet. He's a prepper. He he's basically like this guy who just, you know, he lives in the fringe of society. Yeah. He's that guy that I think I am. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and the reason he he's was the named better version yeah, of you. And the reason he was named Wilson, uh, even though his last name is Wilson, is because his father believed that no one would believe it was a real name. That's that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so the scene we get a torture scene where Arby and his like little henchman sidekick guy that we don't really care about because he dies. What is it? Rod. Rod. Okay. So Arby and Rod find Wilson Wilson in his bunker and they proceed to torture him for information about Utopia and, and just hide. In the BBC version, it's a very straightforward torture. They, they bring a torture kit with them mm-hmm. in order because they know that's what they're going for. They know that's, that they're trying to get some information out of him. So they're prepared. In the US version, they're just like, 
what are we going to use? Um, oh, I see some bleach over there and oh, there's some salt over here. They just kind of like pick stuff up off of his, um, off of his shelves inside of his, his fallout shelter. And they proceed to only pour these things into one eye, which they decide that they're going to take out anyway. And then it's just, it's like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, why would you torture somebody? Okay. I disagree. With, okay. With just one eye and then... They used the salt and the bleach on both eyes, which is why he was blinded in both eyes. They only used the spoon on one eye. So for those out there who haven't seen the show... Um, <laughs> Sorry. In, 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 in the second I think episode... we to every episode yeah. already. Yeah. Yeah. In, in the second episode, um, basically these guys from The Harvest, Arby and Rod... Uh, track, really watch this before you yeah, listen to it. Track, track down the Scooby gang to, who are all staying in this underground bunker at Wilson's place. And they had gone off to get like donuts and bagels or something like that. And Wilson had stayed Coffee behind. Coffee because uh, caffeine is a CIA is, yeah, uh, interrogation, <laughs> interrogation tool. Yeah. And, and so like when, when they find Wilson in his, like, first of all, they kill his entire family in the house. Which is, oh. oh it's brutal. It's oh, the way it's, oh, the way they kill is so, it's so good. But with, also, with no, the I mean, way that they so kill good. his dad. It's, oh, it's so brutal. I, I, with the, so, okay, so so first they kill everybody with the, with the, with soul, the gas. With the soul comic book. No, with the injection. Oh, okay. No, and let I got a that, that is the most brutal, amazing thing I've ever seen. <laughs> what? That's oh, the yeah. dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. But that they just voluntarily just. Wait, yes. Oh, it's what? so good. Nobody knows, do that. Nobody knows do that. what you're talking about. So okay. let, let, let me. Let's let, jump around a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to talk about episode five. You talk about episode three. You talk about episode one. I'm going to the bathroom. Jude, you just talk about the British version. The <laughs> okay. So basically when Arby and Rod get to Wilson's house, they act as like guys from the gas company. Yeah. And they have this little canister of toxic gas that they make everyone in the house like breathe in. Yeah. So, it. so it looks like they died from a gas leak. It's so stupid. It's and, what people would do. No. But, but people then, are stupid. When, when somebody when, walks in here with a canister and says, here, breathe this not in, me. sir. I'm not doing that. Crap. Okay, exactly. They, they didn't really give him much of a chance, though. Like, as soon as they saw him, they just put this thing in one whiff and you're, you're dead. People basically. are wearing their masks driving in cars right now. <laughs> you don't think someone's going to sniff the gas? <laughs> okay, you got me on that one all right so and when they find wilson's father what this mm. wilson's father thinks that they're there to kill him because of his work on like some like other conspiracy oh, theory yeah. love it and, and 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 he's like best early he, moment in the show yeah, yeah. And, and before they kill him he's like are you here because of our work and arby <laughs> looks at all of his conspiracy stuff on the wall and he's like you got too close and yeah. then they kill him yeah. and he died happy because yeah. he knew he was right. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> and, so good. And Rod was like, why did you, why do you say that? And he's like, well, there's no, there's no harm in a happy death. Yeah. <laughs> that was like, that was a really good moment. Oh yeah. He's vindicated his whole life's yeah. work. It was all done for something. Yeah. yeah. And in the, the first episode, so basically Rod shows up late and um, that's the reason why they ha have to kill all these people who took a look at Utopia. Yeah. But they get to the comic con and um, they find out, you know, the, the people who were selling the thing kept a list of names of all the people who bid on the comic. And so they're like, oh, we're going to have to kill all these people. But in the, uh, in the meantime, the people who were selling the comic, it was them, like the couple, and then like a couple of their friends. And they basically pull out their guns, the Arby and Rod, and, and say like, okay, we're just going to knock you out. Um, so like, we're going to give you an injection that's going to knock you out, put you to sleep. We're going to rob you and leave you. And everyone's like, Okay, well, as long as you don't kill us, like, whoa. So, oh my god! And, and so, dude. like, they, they let them. The in, look on Tom's face right now. <laughs> so they, elation. They they, oh, they, yeah. they let Rod like inject them with this thing, and, and they they pass out. Forty nine percent of people would be like, "Okay, this is the way we're gonna do it." No, <laughs> I, I just I I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm 
I'm putting myself onto other people, but I'm like, there is no way in hell I would ever just be like, oh yeah, you're totally telling the truth yeah. right now. I don't I'm get sure a full this, shot. Well, I'm right. sure this thing that you're getting going to inject in me is going to be perfectly well, safe, it, it, and I'll wake up with a hangover. They give later. them the illusion of a choice because yes. they have they have my gunpoint and they say like, look, either you take this shot or, and go to sleep, or fight. We, we're going to kill you. Just fight. And so like the, the, these guys are so like scared out of their minds that they're like, well, we're trusting that. This is what yeah. they say it is. Dumbest but, possible but, thing you could do. But the minute that they're... Well, he's got rubber gloves on. He must know something. <laughs> the, the they're minute, swabbing our arms yeah. with alcohol. Oh, Why would they do that? Legit. That's what they said. The minute that they're passed out, they inject them with an overdose of heroin oh. and kill them all. And then, and then we have using a, the same needle on everyone, though? And then we... Gross. I don't know. <laughs> and then we have a character later on. One of the characters that gets poisoned has to actively tell Jessica Hyde, we were poisoned. Like, she doesn't care. We, the audience, already know you were poisoned. But there's he, no reason for her to the, say that. The thing that, like, no, really... No, because you found out that Jessica Hyde doesn't care. <sighs> she doesn't care the, about the, anybody. The, no, the thing, she does not. Yeah, the, <laughs> the thing that really kind of drew me into this show was that... So in the first episode, it ends with, like, Arby and Rod just, like, killing all these people. Like, they just go through the hotel and kill every single person. Shot that, value. Massacre. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you're just like, oh, my God, like, this is crazy. And then in the second episode, they bump it up a notch because in addition to, like, killing a bunch of people... Uh, they they torture Wilson, and they remove his eyeball. Yeah, and and <laughs> which uh, we have to be told about multiple times and, by the character and a major character. Um, I mean, S- you Samantha keep talking about it if it would have, had been your eyeball. He screamed every line he had in that episode. Just yelled the entire time. Well, by the end of the episode, so a major character, Samantha, who was like the de facto leader of the Scooby Gang. <laughs> Jessica Hyde straight up murders her. Yeah. yeah, and and you're just like, whoa. And the reason she gives is just. No group can have two leaders. Yeah, yeah. it's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. I, and they the, leave her dead on the floor for like two more they episodes. Do, oh, they do that for everybody. Yeah, everybody that weird. dies, they're just like, oh. just step over it. Yeah. Just it's walk. not even a big deal. It's like, mm. yeah, but the, the violence in the show is, is the thing that really captivated me because I was like, I've never seen like murders so like fucked up like this. I'm, I think it, I think it distracted you from the poor writing in the show. <laughs> That's a good I point. think he <laughs> secretly wishes that he could get away with something like this. I am Arby. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the conspiracy side of it for all the murders is, is one of the more interesting parts mm-hmm. is that it's all for cover up. Yeah. And it's like, they're going to kill this one guy and they're like, Oh, wait a minute. He's got a history of mental illness. Boom. And he's like, Hey, what's it out the window? And he looks over there. Oh no, it's a suicide. Yeah. And it's all set up. So you, you, you see these things happening in the news all the time of, we, we, we can Epstein. name well, no, but we could name like actual mass shootings that have happened and you hear this story and these narratives and they tell you things about crisis actors and all these, <laughs> all these things that most people are like oh this is blah, blah, blah. dude's oh. talking my language right yeah. now <laughs> but if you live in that nonsense world like I do <laughs> you're like yeah that crap happens literally every day yeah literally every day and yeah. so it was just really fun for yeah. me to watch things that are floating around in my crazy head <laughs> and go like, oh, yeah, they really are doing that. And throughout yeah. the show, you see like the newscasts uh, yeah. that that show like the news coverage of, you know, these murders and yeah. like how the news just accepts the narrative that was put out there. Yeah. Yes. No, you, you accept anything you see. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, this position of authority has told me that this is fine. So therefore, it must be fine. This there is the way a, it is. There was a point where Wilson Wilson confronts Dr. Stearns and he's like, He's like, what do you think the the FDA is lying to? And he's like, yes, yes all the time. All the time. <laughs> all the time. And I'm like, as a person who I'm like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, are you shocked by this? Yeah. This oh, is- oh, you mean the, 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 
this is a clandestine organization <laughs> trying to do whatever they want because they can. Yeah, it's happening literally right now. <laughs> do you know who yeah. these people are? There's, you don't. There's definitely that element of this show that really gets to me where I'm like, yeah, that's probably more accurate and, than people would like to and, think. And you know what's funny is like they made this show before the coronavirus outbreak. And now, now that it was released during it, they had to put on yeah. a, yeah, like, every a disclaimer or, before, before the beginning. Or, or is this show the dystopia and they're telling you exactly what they're doing <laughs> and you're just going, this is good entertainment. <laughs> that character wasn't written very well but the, the whole time. It's literally they're just telling you exactly what's happening. Like, no, no, all the all of this stuff happened. We need to have it back on. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you 100%, sir. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's weird? So, like, I feel like most of the characters in this show are, are very fun and interesting. But the one that got me the most was Arby. Oh, my God. Because he, I started off, like, like I, I was like, Arby's the worst. He, he's, yeah. he's, like, the main bad guy. And then as the show goes he's along. He's Forrest Gump of the Silencer. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, beco- he becomes... <laughs> He becomes an almost sympathetic character. Oh, absolutely! And and by yeah, the end, by the end yeah. of the series, even though he's done the most horrible things of, out of anyone on the show, yep. he's like one of my favorite characters. He's the only person I rooted for in this entire show. I was like, like, like that that final episode where he's killing all the would be assassins who are trying yeah. to like break into Stearns' Frickin house. Arby. All the super blonde Aryan assassins in, yes. in, in jogging outfits. Yeah. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta blend into suburbia. <laughs> and then he just like props them up on like a sculpture. In oh, the yeah. Super creepy. The forest. <laughs> <laughs> he is really. He is. He is. Life is like a box of. Silence round. Yeah. 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 Chocolate covered yeah. raisins. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Since we're talking about Arby, I agree with you. I think he is one of the better characters in the show. He's somebody that I hated for like the first half of the season. And then once he has his revelation and he realizes his where he came from and he kind of like has that change of heart, he, you start rooting for him. I thought it was fantastically done. Do you think that he's her brother biologically? Because he identifies himself as her brother. But he doesn't yeah. know that. He just made that up. Yeah, I don't think it's spiral. According to what he read in the comic, he there's no words in the comic. Identifies just himself pictures. as her brother. Yeah, well, no, no words. He's yeah. right. There's no words. Okay, there's no. There's no speech I'm bubbles. I'm asking. Do you think that he's her biological brother? <laughs> no, no. I think no, not at all. brother is a loose sense for just I'm on your side yeah. now. In the UK version, it was very defensive. I'm on your side, but, but I'm going to bring you to the very place that the people who want to kill you or not kill you, but capture you. Are. I'm, he's he's a complicated character. And again, bad writing might have something to do with this, but I don't understand his actions in the season finale and with Jessica Hyde. But everything leading up to that was pretty fun and pretty good. Yeah, in the UK version, they are definitively brother and sister. Yeah, but they're both white. And, it, and yeah, yeah. But it's funny because the RB in the uk version like he he looks almost exactly like the arby in the u.s version uh, yeah exactly. but but it, it's funny because <laughs> the outfit yeah. <laughs> and, the haircut. and the haircut but it's funny because like every time like he's doing stuff he's so out of shape he's always like breathing really yeah, heavily yeah so in the american version they actually gave him asthma yeah okay can we talk about the finale? Because I have a lot yes. of problems with the finale. Are we jumping all the way to the finale? Yeah. Okay. I got so many problems with the finale. I do too. <laughs> yeah. So many problems. It's, it's the best and the worst. Why episode. don't you guys just go onto one mic? Because <laughs> I think you have the same brain. Yeah. Okay. I've never, we've never had anyone on that agreed with Alex so I much. Know. <laughs> so, so emphatically. <laughs> you want to start? I'll start. <laughs> go ahead. Take it away, man. <laughs> Why and how does John Cusack end up wrapped in duct tape on the front porch? Arby. Arby. But why? <laughs> because he wants plot to, device. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They had they had to get together and have this conversation at some point. And instead of like Matrix Two meeting the architect in like the the secret room and all that, and and they had this 
you know, amazing conversation about what's really happening. We just get just John, John Cusack is literally the scene before is uh, having a news conference and he has the little blonde girl with yeah. him and they're saving the world. Yeah. Next thing he's wrapped in duct tape on a front porch yeah. and Arby's outside with a gun waiting to defend whatever's happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's complete plot convenience. Makes no sense. And then they go directly into it and he's like, you know what? Um, uh, I'm a super villain and here is everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me monologue for a whole hour and a half, which, which is great. <laughs> It's great for us. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Junkies, it doesn't make any sense. In the, make any sense at all. No, it doesn't make any sense. And and the the events after that. My thumb. Go ahead, take it. Yeah, take my thumb. You need yeah. it. You take well, thumb. because because the warehouse where all these vaccines that are a Trojan horse for this deadly virus. The only person in the entire company that can access this warehouse is the CEO. It's not a deadly virus, though. It's <laughs> Do you know what I meant? Don't nitpick me. No, it's I, I, I mean, it, it's, an, it's, an, uh, it's something meant to sterilize. Yeah, it's a sterilization virus that's going to the sterilize humankind. But the only, literally, the like, so, okay, let's talk about them going to the warehouse because they, the, wow. the Scooby Doo. Alex group, is fully only talking to Tom at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Ignore <laughs> you, morons. Yeah. The, uh, the only reason why Jessica Hyde gives up. She, yeah, she just cries in the corner mm -hmm. for a while. Oh, she's um, also sick. <laughs> she, uh, so the Scooby-Doo group takes it upon themselves that they're going to go and they're going to stop the distribution of this sterilizing virus and yeah. vaccine that's that's hiding in a vaccine. The, for the sidekicks are literally going to go save the day by themselves. Yeah. So they, they proceed to drive to the warehouse where there's only one guard gate and they throw a Mazel Tov cocktail at it to distract Mazel the guards. Was that a Mazel Tov cocktail? <laughs> yeah, no, it's a Jewish cocktail. Mazel Tov? Mazel Tov. It's Molotov. Molotov? Yeah, Molotov. Sorry, I put a Z in there for some reason. Well, Mazel Tov is a Jew yes. Jewish for... <laughs> I'm too dear. I'm two beers in here for a second. Um, anyway, so they throw this like firebomb at the people <laughs> and they get through the gate and then they decide to blow up their car for some reason. Distraction. Distraction, I guess, because they can't just distract them with the first bomb that they threw at them. Uh, they get in because the only person, like I said, the only person that can access this warehouse is the CEO of the company. There's nobody else on this entire freaking, you know, campus. giant campus that can access this door. That doesn't make any sense. A. Okay. Once they get in there, they see the entire warehouse of vaccines all packed up and packaged and ready to go and ready to ship. And they decide to get fire extinguishers off the wall and smash them individually one at a time. Well, they started with a single golf club. A single golf club. <laughs> single golf club. And then, I don't so know, they, that moment when Ian runs down there with a golf club no. and starts attacking with a box, that was pretty funny. It's funny, but it's dumb. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't want But that it was funny, funny because it was, it was so dumb. I would rather them be intelligently funny. Yeah. So like they go in and they, they have this big, long, epic scene where they're all like smashing cardboard boxes that is obviously not going to do the job that they went there to do. They waste a bunch of time. And then after Ian has this like little goofy love scene with Becky where he like kind of like kind of. He like promise rings her. Yeah, he promise rings her like you're my girlfriend now. <laughs> they have this scene and then he pulls a freaking another firebomb out of his ass. And then they light the place on fire. I think if they wanted to make this show intelligent and like make sense, their goal should have been, okay, we're going to go in here and we're going to figure out a way to dis disengage the fire suppression sprinkler system. And then we're going to light the place on fire. Like you could have most of the same stuff happen. They, they go, they distract the guards. They go, okay, oh, we have to figure out how to turn off the sprinkler system. We have to find the water system. We have to blah, 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 blah. 
You can have the same runtime, the same amount of TV show happening, the same hijinks happening, but do it intelligently. And then the show would have made sense. But instead they went for like, let's smash it with forklifts and have like goofy music playing while we run around in circles. It just, it irritated me. Vroom, vroom. Yeah, exactly. It just irritated the hell out of me because for the first viewing, I was really enjoying the show because I was kind of like sold on the whole shock value of it. But then when they came to this finale, I was like, none of this makes any sense. This is stupid. And then the other question I wanted to pose to everybody is why is like the, uh, the duplicate vaccine held literally in chicken eggs in a warehouse. I that, too. that was um, that wasn't the vaccine. That was the virus. The virus, whatever. It, grow, it was grown in the eggs. Yeah, grown in the yeah, eggs. I, in I, eggs. I, I, there was never any establishment where like, well, it's it's kept in chicken eggs in this warehouse, and if you well, uh, turn the heat up, it's going to turn into popcorn. No, like I just Stearns, Stearns talked about that early did he? on in the episode. Yeah, he did. He Except said there was one. Um, he he used mother egg as like a metaphor. He didn't say literally. There's yeah, like be a, it's in an it's in an egg. But the rabbits have the virus, so I didn't understand. Is there like an either. Easter thing going on? But it's a bat it virus. Well, it has to do with the rabbit. So the bats cross rabbits the rabbits to the eggs to the chicken egg to the rabbits and I just, the bat and then to the people to the rabbit bones. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I'm dismantling this finale because it irritated me. I was just like, that doesn't make any sense. And then Stearns escapes with the virus, and he keeps it for some reason because he wants to be. He keeps the one the one egg the mother egg. Yeah. Because Which, he, he wants to find a cure for it. That's that's that I that I'm okay with. Like I'm like, okay, I get why he would want to take it and hide it and like you know do studies on it to try and figure out how. Well, to well he destroyed all it. the other eggs to prevent them from replicating the virus. Okay, okay. but they destroy the he digital backups. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this show falls apart if you start really digging into it. Really it really does. Yeah. It's a really fun show. Um, it's very CW. It's worth a one it's like, watch. Don't watch it twice. It's like, <laughs> it's like super cheesy. Yeah. And, and don't listen to this silly. podcast if you want to enjoy the yeah, show. Yeah, very, very much like a, I don't know, like we're buddy, buddy friends. And then it goes ultra violent, like yeah. ultra disturbing violent. And you're yeah. like, what? Dude, what? when Who? when when Arby killed that little kid that was like, like a younger version of him, basically, is yeah. what they were trying to put. I was like, God damn, that's freaking dark. Yeah, it's brutal. Like, it's it's that shock value that gets you to, like, yeah. subscribe to the and show. And they, they killed that woman, her whole family, and the little baby. Yeah. And she was, like, part of Christie's inner circle. Yeah. yeah. She was his protege. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's brutal. It's rough. But it's also stupid and silly. Yeah. <laughs> and so, what is the tone? It's what a, is the tone? It's a comedic, ultra-violent mystery show? Is it a dark comedy? Matt, what, what, what do you got? How would you, what, what genre is this? <laughs> is this young adult? Because the beat is not young adult. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the UK version is just a straight dark mystery show. Yeah. There's not a lot of comedy in it. There's and, some, there but are it, comedic but it's elements. Like, but it's like UK comedy. The UK came first? Yeah. Yeah. What else are they responsible for? The, the UK? The creators. Because it's not like based on a book or something. Uh, Dennis Kelly is the creator. And uh, I think uh, I think he might have done Misfits too. He does a lot of BBC stuff. Black Mirror stuff? Mm, somebody, I think it was supposed to be similar. Somebody from Black Mirror is involved in this, right? Director or something like that? Oh, I'm pretty sure. Allow me to take a quick Google. Yeah, go ahead. Before we move on to our next big topic, let's take a break and listen to some sponsors. Uh, anyway, Kadish, what are you... I mean, did, did you have a problem with the tone of this TV show at all? I didn't because like it is a, a dark thriller. I would call it a thr- like suspense thriller um, with comedic elements to it. The whole premise and this is carried over from the BBC thing is like, what if you had like a bunch of just like normal people thrust into the most batshit, crazy, insane conspiracy theory uh, imaginable? And I feel like the the show 
carried that off very well. Okay. Um, it's an entertaining show. Like uh, it raises a lot of questions that it then later actually answers. And it also kind of creates new questions that make you think about it long after the show ends. And their use of like really shocking violence is something that like always surprised me and, and kept me wanting to like find out what happens next. Because I mean, like, even though you're right, it doesn't make sense that John Cusack's character is literally gift wrapped and left at their doorstep. Literally. Um, literally. <laughs> um, like when, when uh, episode seven ended on that reveal, I was sitting there and I wasn't thinking, oh, that's stupid. I was thinking like, I got to find out what happens next. Yeah. And so like, I want to know what happened first. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I think you can infer because up to that point they were showing that Arby had turned a corner and that he wanted to help Jessica Hyde and he wanted to get revenge on John Cusack for basically like never loving him. Okay. And, and so like he wanted to deliver him to Jessica Hyde so that she could kind of fulfill her purpose mm. because he saw her as like, after he read the, the utility comic. Oh. Yeah. Because there's this whole thing about like, what have you done to earn your place in this crowded world today? That was a, that's such an eerie freaking question. It, now. It, like it, I, it is, but, but like <laughs> everyone, everyone in harvest is kind of like, um, motivated by that's a cult. Yeah. But, yeah. but they're motivated by the fact that like they have to contribute to bettering the world in some way and delivering Christy to Jessica Hyde was Arby's way of doing that. So I like the way you're thinking and I, it makes a little bit more sense about what happened. And I, I agree with you. My question after that would be why would Arby deliver Jessica Hyde back to the location where she's been trying to not go? Well, number one, he's, he's ignorant about the overall implication of, of returning her home. Okay. But number two, uh, Jessica Hyde has been seeking out home and she's been wanting to return there throughout the entire um Because she season. thinks her father's there. Not not that she thinks she thinks her father's dead, but she she thinks that there are answers there for her. Okay. Apparently the creator of the original Utopia, uh, Dennis Kelly, was also one of the writers on this version of Utopia. Okay. Just FYI. Well that would make I just sense. learned that. Yeah, that would make sense. I don't think he was though, because but I just I am debated. Well, well I'm, I'm saying what I'm saying is according that, to Kadish, no. Well, well, every writing credit for every episode is solely um, Jillian Flynn. So, like, I think that like if he had any kind of like um, writing credit, it was based off of like the episodes that he wrote because he wrote all the episodes of the UK series. So I don't think he actually like wrote wrote. So it's like an honorary. Yeah. Okay. I got you. Like an executive producer. Yeah. 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 Type thing. Okay. You think Dick Wolf. Do we have? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's do um, some final thoughts around the table. Uh, Tom, did you enjoy the show and would you suggest people go and check it out? Oh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Totally watch it. Don't think about it too much. Uh, I watched it twice and the second time through, that's when I really just started digging it apart. Um, but yeah, one time through, really fun, good energy, interesting characters. Uh, it takes you on a journey and it makes me want to see a second season. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think a second season with a little bit better writing would make this show top notch. Mm -hmm. uh, Jude, what about you? Final thoughts and do you suggest people go check this out? 100%. I loved it and it made me want to rewatch it and I still really enjoyed it on the second watch and then it made me want to watch the UK version of it. So it, it kind of really made me want to do like a deep dive on it and find out as much information as I could about it. Right on. And I, I dug it. I loved it. I gave it a four out of five. Ooh, four to mm. five. What about four to five viruses? <laughs> <laughs> what about the UK version? How does it compare? Um, the UK version is definitely a more simplified version of this. I still enjoyed the US version more. I thought it was more intense. 
more enjoyable. And maybe it was because it got, got to me first. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had a hard time understanding. You love John Cusack? I love Oh my him. God. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, but I had a hard time understanding, like I'm an American. So a lot of the UK stuff was very British. And I was like, what does that mean? Put them in the boot. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a little bit harder to follow. The storylines were definitely more simple. Um, but I just found the the US version a lot more intense. I was more emotionally invested and everything that happened with the characters, like everyone was more defined. Like Ian was not a badass. So when he did something that was kind of badass, he had to get really hyped up to do it. And it kind of like, I was on board with it. I was like, yeah, he's getting his, you know, rough stuff on. Go get him, Ian. And so like when it happened in the BBC version, it was just like, well, now Ian's a badass. And I was just like, ah, I'm not really buying it. Okay. Uh, I, I liked both versions, but I liked the US version better. So there's like, it seems like there's like a cultural divide. Like there's Team a, USA. Yeah, there's a reason... There's a reason why they made the U.S. version yeah. so different because yeah. it's it's much more bombastic and it it's is. like louder yeah. and faster. Yeah. There's a lot more of like Americanized version of the U.K. version. Yeah. So that, we like, Americans were very loud. Yeah. We like being <laughs> loud. Uh, OK. So, Kadish, what do you think about this TV show? Final thoughts. And do you think people should go check it out? So uh, in re- relation to the U.K. version of this, I felt like the U.K. version on a technical level was far superior to the American level. Like the 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 set design, the color scheme, the color grading, even the music, the music for the UK oh, the music version was, great. was way better. Um, so like on a technical level, like I feel like the UK version was far superior because it had a very kind of like pure aesthetic to it. And the UK version actually bothered to set up the fact that there were like food shortages and there was like all types of like trouble in the world that necessitated a plan to like call like thin the mm. herd. Okay. And the U.S. version never did that. Yeah, they definitely skim over that whole concept. Yeah, yeah in fact, until like the final like episode um, when they start talking about overpopulation and you get a sense They start like, getting into the math of it. Yeah, and, and you're like, oh, I didn't know that this was such a problem all of a sudden. Oh, it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I can show you graphs. <laughs> yeah. He but, has them in his car. <laughs> but, but, but what was interesting is like, so like in the first, like, or the second episode when we first meet Dr. Christie, um, his company is creating this product. It's like a like a synthetic meat type thing. Um, where uh, what was it called? Like something Sim- about Simpro. 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 S- yeah, Simpro Simtex. S- yeah. Synthetic Sim- protein. No, no, it was simple, s- simple, simple protein. Simple protein. Yeah. And it was meant to like be a meat substitute, so like they could feed like you know the, this population. And you have to wonder, like, if they're able to do that, why do they need to worry about overpopulation? Well, they do do that. They have synthetic proteins just like that. They're just really gross, and I don't want to eat them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so like, you know, the UK basically set the foundation for, like, the overall plan a lot better. Um, but I felt like the American version, like, as crazy as it was, um, was just a lot more fun. I, mm-hmm. I, I latched onto the characters a bit harder. Um, I was never bored watching the show. Like mm. I thought like every, yeah. every single scene and every single episode was a lot of fun. You had the Riddler as, as you know, the John Cusack son <laughs> from Gotham, <laughs> you know, like he was there and, and like, he was like super creepy. Like everyone in the show was like, all like creepy, but also like really interesting. Yeah. And, um, every time they introduced a question, like what's going on or like, you know, what's this, what's that? 
you know, whether it's, it was in the same episode or an episode down the line, they would answer it. And so, I, you know, growing up on J.J. Abrams shows, like <laughs> I was very, box. yeah, I, I was very appreciative of the fact that they actually bothered to answer a lot of these questions. And even though like it was kind of like villainish monologue at the end where John Cusack's basically laying out what the whole conspiracy is. He's so intoxicating. Like like the way he delivered it, because you can tell like he he knew he was in a bad situation. So like he was working to basically get an ally, which he eventually does oh, he, by flipping yeah. Wilson. Yeah, he, he was Wilson, to his side. Yeah. He was like, he was analyzing everybody in that room yeah. from the moment he opened his eyes. Yeah. And he's like, okay, who and are he, you? Who yeah, are you? Who he was you? playing them off against each other. Yeah. Like, like it, it was very well done. And, uh, yeah, and upon my rewatch of that final episode, it's when when he's going through his, you know, the population, blah, blah, blah. And Wilson is like finishing his sentences for him. So like when you see in the final episode, when Wilson flips, you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. 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 And and this is the guy who like was responsible for the death of Wilson's family. Yes. And, he, and he's even able to like you know, yeah. flip him. And that's and the he only even says thing. It. He even says it. He's like, yeah, I did. I killed your whole family. Yeah. 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 I did. And I'd that's the again. only, like, like Wilson is like a hundred percent on board with him. Yeah. But the only thing oh, right. that's he's, the obstacle is, but you killed my family and yeah. I have to get over this hump. <laughs> but I totally agree with what you're doing. Hey, even Captain America agreed with Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, so like the fact that you had this, this wonderful villain in the form of, you know, John Cusack's Dr. Kevin Christie, um, you, you know, and he lays it out. Like I was appreciative of that because I don't like, like, I kind of like having stuff spoon fed to me when I'm watching these shows, because even though it kind of went back at the end where, you know, we're sitting here um, debating who the actual Mr. Rabbit is. And it's obvi- obviously, uh, what's their name? Milner. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, obvious. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the big twist. And, you know, I, I didn't get that until my second viewing because yeah. the first viewing I, I kind of glazed over it. But at the same time, um, upon rewatching, I was like, oh, that's the twist. And I had to point it out to Jude. And Jude was like, I need to rewatch that in order to like, you know, kind of confirm. He loves to point out when he sees things before I do. Yeah. I, I, even but, with my second viewing, but I was when, like. When we watched the, the UK version and that was the big was twist at the end. Obvious. Like they basically, you know, spoon fed it to yeah. I, I was like, okay, so I was right in, in that Milner was actually Mr. Rabbit. Okay. And it kind of makes sense if Jude's theory is correct that she's actually um, Jessica Hyde's mother. Um, because like if, yeah, if, I like that theory. Yeah. If, if she's keeping her father alive mm-hmm. and you know, stuff like that, it's, it's like a whole family dynasty yeah. type thing. Oh, okay. So like, I feel like her mother being Mr. Rabbit and her father being the one who's trying to warn her about Mr. Rabbit kind of makes sense, you know? So, yeah. But overall, like, I think that the show is a lot of fun. It's very interesting. It, it, it's, it's one of those things where I can't wait for the second season. So I would definitely recommend checking it out if you're just a fan of these dark conspiracy things. If if you like Tarantino movies, it felt very Tarantino in a lot of ways. Oh. And uh, if you're a John Cusack fan, this is a must watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he, so he kills it. He kills it. Yeah, I'd say as for my final thoughts, I'd say I agree with pretty much everything that you guys said around the table. I don't want to just reiterate for no reason, but. Uh, if you are a fan of John Cusack, this show is worth watching. Even if you think it's dumb, even if you think it's plot convenient, even if you think it's like the UK version is superior, watching John Cusack in this show to me is worth watching the whole season, despite all of its flaws. Go ahead, Jude. I have one more thought. What's up? So, uh, so my, you know, my theory is that Milner is the mother and um, the creator of the comic is her father. Um, so my theory is that John Cusack is the scientist that bred them Mm -hmm. um and i think that he did it in a lab and i think that that kind of 
breathes life into the the weird and I, I'm gonna drop an f bomb. Sorry, Alex. <laughs> that weird like fucked up family dynamic between like because I don't think that her mother carried her, but I think that she knows that she's a part of her, mm. and that's kind of like the disconnect between like you're a lab rat, but you're also part of my body. Oh, okay. And and I think that there's just something to that, mm. which I think makes John Cusack's character like more part of this. Like he's the one, he's the mad scientist behind their family dynamic. If what you guys are saying is right. And I think it might be, is that Milner is Mr. Rabbit. That kind of bums me out a little bit because I love John Cusack as Mr. Rabbit. I think he plays that part really well. I think he's the Dr. Frankenstein behind this whole thing. Yeah. If they can have another role for him where he can continue on being this menace. He's the best part of it. He's the best part of this freaking show. We also kind of glossed over the fact that Harvest, basically brings in like unwanted children from all over the world yeah, yeah. They buy them. And, and raises them on this like compound called home <clears throat> totally and, to be part of their cult. Totally and in the comic the, the father reveals that like, you know, these kids are delivered here and then experimented on or used and yep. abused. That happens. They're given a like that. There's no shortage just, of parents out there that need money and don't want their kids. Just, uh, just, like just, yeah. just Google Dr. Stanley Plotkin and watch his dissertation. It's nine hours long. It's pretty dark. <laughs> Nine hours, I think. Yeah, yeah. I'll get right on that. Yeah, nine hours long, and he basically spells out that they do testing on foster kids and kids that don't have parents. It's real. All right. <laughs> oh, it's absolutely real. <laughs> so, yeah, this show, like, for guys like me and Tom who are just conspiracy nuts and we love this stuff, like, this definitely gets that earworm, yeah. like, way down in there. So it sends you down a hole. Yeah, it does, for hole. sure. I've very... down, I'm, I'm already in the hole. <laughs> It's You're like, just peeking in. <laughs> I was raised in the dark. You just adopted it. <laughs> Molded by it. I think you need to change yeah. Tom's name to Conspiracy Tom. Conspiracy Tom. I'm down for that. All right, guys. That's our review. Kind of like, it's like, it was a pretty... I'm sorry. We, we were all over the we place. We were all over the place. But Definitely you, watch the show first. Yeah, you know, well, it, it should speak to how fun the show is. Yeah. <laughs> that we literally could not focus. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really fun all over the place kind of a thing. It's I a agree. brain twister. Yeah, it is. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I suggest watching both versions just so that you can get a whole picture of uh, which side is you think is better. Yeah, we watched it on YouTube because we couldn't find it on Amazon and or Netflix. It has Spanish subtitles the whole way through <laughs> and I could not stop reading them even though I even though I knew they were Spanish. Um, I'm going to be diving into this more and I can't wait for season two. So I highly suggest guys go check it out, listen to it or listen to the podcast, go watch the show, whatever you guys want to do, whichever order doesn't matter. Uh, if you'd like to support this podcast and support our uh, fun discussions, you can go to saltynerdclub.com. That'll take you to our Patreon page where we have several different tiers that you can choose from. Uh, we have uh, benefits like advanced show notes and uh, blooper reels and exclusive podcasts and ad free podcasts on that Patreon. And sometimes you get to tell us what you want us to watch. Yes. And then we do an episode about that. Yes. Shout out to our Patreons. Starting in November, our first episode is going to be exclusively chosen by our patrons. They've given us three movies that they would like us to review. So that'll be all for them. So if you'd like to join that club, go to saltynerdclub.com, pick a tier, give us a little bit of cheddar. All right, guys, around the table, where can we find everybody? Jude, where can they find you? You talk about conspiracies. (laughs) You could find me at I am Jude Juju on Instagram and Twitter. Right on. And Matthew Kadish. At Matthew Kadish, K-A-D-I-S-H on Twitter and KadishBooks.com if you want to check out my Amazon page. Right on. And Tom, where can they find you? Do you if want they people wanna... to find you? No, I was going to make a joke <laughs> about that. I have no imprint on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Very low profile. <laughs> Tom's not my real name. <laughs> <laughs> 
But, but if you really want to, Big T2681 on Instagram. Big right T. On. Big yeah. T. It's also like on my that. bowling ball. Big <laughs> T. <laughs> right on, man. Thank you for joining us. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thank I appreciate you. having somebody on here that's uh, like-minded. I think Alex is in love. I'm so excited. <laughs> like, we have a new co-host. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, guys, have a great one. Thanks for listening. Mazel tov. Mazel tov. <laughs> <laughs>